It is Friday, February 23rd, 2024. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well. First of all, dude, those shades, fires, I guy Rourke likes to say. Where'd you get those? I appreciate that. I don't know. I think they're either, they might be Olivia's, to be honest with you, but I wanted to go with something a little bit. I've worn them before on our content. Okay, uh, I'm happy that you're liking them, though. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, they look great. And um, maybe just in time for baseball to start, it was so nice. Uh, our oldest son, Josh, was home yesterday. He's like, hey, you want to watch something? I was just doing some work in the middle of the day. I'm like, yeah. Puts on ESPN. There's the Padres and Dodgers. And I was like, oh, the world. I knew the game was on. I just didn't know what time. I was like, the world is a better place. I mean, did they score eight runs without recording an out? Or is there one out, maybe something like that? Not the way you, if you're a Padres fan, not the way you wanted the season to start. I know it's spring training, but my goodness, dude. I know. Joe Musgrove threw like 24 pitches, didn't get an out. And he's like, oh, man, do I have to go through more in the bullpen or anything? They were like, nah, we're good. But it was just good to see the game back. And now we got a whole slate of games this weekend. I'll be checking out a bunch of things. It's just always fun. You know, it's just and I love watching guys like number 94 with no name on the back of their jersey getting a crack at it on national TV. It's cool. I've been one of those guys, man. It is fun. It's cool. What was your first number? 94 or something like that. Yeah, it was something one like of that. Those. Okay. All right. Let's get it going with some bad news for the New York Mets again in spring training. It seems to be a yearly tradition. This time it's Kodai Senga. Uh, he is expected to open the year on the injured list. A strained capsule in his throwing shoulder. Uh, how worried are you if you're a New York fan? And in addition to that, uh, should the Mets now try and go get one of those big time lefties out there, whether it's Monty or Snell? Uh, I mean, obviously I'm very worried if I'm a Mets fan, there's no timetable for his return. You know, they're saying all the right things. Mendoza's come out and said, it's, you know, kind of a, a, a good result from the MRI because you expect the worst, you expect TJ and all these different things. Uh, and they're saying it's not that. So, you know, there is going to be a return. They don't know exactly when. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. They were already going to have to implement a six-man rotation. So there's bodies there. Like, they have guys that can do it. But that wasn't some rotation that you're looking at saying, dang, like, there's four, you know, you know, top-of-the-line starters in it. You had Sanga at the top. He was your ace. He had a great season last year. He ended it particularly well. And you're banking on him to be your guy, to be your stopper. So, you know, obviously you're worried. It's not good. If you're a Mets fan, you almost – and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I listened to Jolly and, and uh, Jerry Blevins talk. It's like you almost expect it at this point, which sucks. I, I, I hate that it's that way. As far as going out and getting Monty or Snell, there's no way, man. They're going to pay 110% tax on these guys, which means if they sign them for even $30 million, they're going to be paying over $60 million a year for these guys. They – I just don't see a way that they can do it. They put themselves in this position. I'm stoked they're spending money, but it just hasn't worked out the right way. To, to go at to go and add an ace like that, I, I just don't know how they can do it. I know Steve Cohen has the money, but he's, he's pumped the brakes a little bit. He's being a little bit more fiscally responsible, if you will. Uh, I just don't see how they can go out and pay, you know, someone $65 million to, to pitch for them. I just don't – it's not going to happen. Yeah, um, I don't see it happening either. The Mets, I kind of joke that it's a yearly tradition. I think this is going to be the third straight year where their presumed opening day starter does not make it, right? I mean, Verlander last year was pushed back. 
the year before that, Jacob deGrom, that always seemed to be tradition. And now Senga. I mean, some other guys are going to get a shot. Um, McGill, Luke Casey, this guy Buto, I believe is how you say it. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's weird because I looked at the Pakota projections as of last night, and it still has them right around 83, 84, which would put them in the wild card mix. And as the Diamondbacks showed us last year, is all you have to do is make it. Now, you hope that Senga comes back at some point. David Stern seems to indicate that that's the way it's going, that this is not going to be a surgical procedure, but you never know. This shit could take a turn for the worse at any moment. It just feels like the Mets are wasting some prime years of big-time talent, doesn't it? Yeah, and then this makes you like think about, okay, what's the direction going forward? Are, are, we, going, are we going to pay Pete, which is obviously a big storyline here? I mean, just an injury like this to a guy like that makes you have to take a step back look at the drawing board and see where are we going? What's the direction we need to go going forward? So uh, it, it just puts everything kind of into jeopardy. I'm, I'm with you, man. I hope this is a, a small thing. Maybe we miss a month and the, the, the symptoms go down. He starts a throwing program. He's back by, you know, early June. That would be great. I think they could still withstand that and maybe make a run uh, at a wild card spot. But any longer than that, man, it's going to be very difficult, I think. I know. It sucks. It sucks for him. It sucks for the Mets fans. Hang in there, people. Of course, you're not going to get any sympathy from the Boston Red Sox, who their fan base feels like it's already a lost season based on what they have or more specifically have not done in this offseason. Um, Raphael Devers was their big name who spe- stepped to the mic this week. Uh, he did not hold back when it came to analyzing Boston's offseason moves. Everybody knows what we need. You know what we need, and they know what we need. It's just some things that I can't say, like, I'm like allow, but everybody that knows the organization and knows the game know what we need. Did you express that to them yesterday? Tom Tano entramos una conversación y le 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 toqué el tema, pero no le toqué el tema, sí. Yeah, I've been talk, I talked to them. Yeah, you know. Should Raphael Devers have said that publicly, or does that put kind of a stink in the clubhouse? So the guy saying, "Hey." We're here. We're good enough. You don't need to say that shit. I, I think it's okay for him to say publicly. You know, guys, guys understand where they stand as a team, you know, within the pecking order of the league. The Red Sox are going into this year knowing that it's going to be a, an uphill battle for them to compete for a playoff spot. And I'll tell you what, Chris, I've been on a lot of teams like that. It's not a good feeling. You know, you work so hard. And he got paid. He rewarded. But a lot of times, man, like the money's awesome. But, like, you – you play this game to win. Like you want to be in the playoffs. You want to be on the biggest stage. That's what you want for the fan base. Like you get the money. You want to give it back to the fans. You want to say, I'm going to give you a chance to win a world series. The Red Sox know they basically have no chance to do that this year. So you spend an entire off season getting ready. You have to go through, you know, a six month season, just knowing that it's all for not, that's not a good feeling to start out. So uh, the guys in the clubhouse know that now, like, can you rally and say, hey, we, we're all we need? Sure, that's probably what you're going to have to do. But in the back of everyone's mind, you understand, like, it's probably not going to be enough. And we do need uh, some reinforcements here. You know, if it doesn't, if it's not at the beginning of the season uh, where, you know, eternal optimism usually reigns supreme, it'll happen at the trade deadline for a lot of teams. We're like, hey, man, we need some help. And if your team doesn't get you help, it's it's a bummer, dude. And it really it really brings down the clubhouse. So. Look, Devers, like he's 
he's the leader, right? Like, is there anybody else that's supposed to say these things? It's mm-hmm. it's supposed to be him. I know he looks young and he he is sort of young, but like he's the guy. So I have no problem with him saying that. And I think that uh, even Alex Cora, he came out and defended and said, sure, he's that's what he's supposed to do. Um, are you going to hurt a few guys' feelings in the process? Maybe. But I think, like I said, collectively as a clubhouse, you understand where you're at in the state of baseball and, and in the pecking order. So uh, I, I really don't have a problem with him saying it because guess what, Chris? It, it's, it's just true. So he could um, he could play this fun little card. Like if somebody walks up to him, a pitcher that's on the team and says, you know, you don't think I'm good enough? He could be like, yo, yo, yo man, I wasn't talking about you. I wasn't talking about you. And then another guy comes over. He says, no, no, no I wasn't talking about you. I was talking not about you. It's me. just walked away. Just talking about that guy over there. So he could play that card. But Rafael Devers continues to be number one in Red Sox fans' eyes because he just lit up the front office. He lit him up. And he's in the perfect position to do so because he's a $300 million ball player that has shown he's a $3 million ball player. Now, he wasn't great, great last year. He was fine. But he needs to get back to that. And I don't think there's any question as to whether or not he'll get there. He is. He's an elite baseball player. He's also the last remaining cog of the 2018 World Series team. Like, this is it. I understand Devers' frustration. I actually appreciate it. It would be easy for him to be like, ah, screw it. I got my ring. I got my money. Whatever happens, happens, and fine. If they don't want to spend money in the front office, cool. But look at what has happened for him in the last several years. He has seen a future Hall of Famer in Mookie Betts get traded, and now they don't have any pieces of that trade left. They have guys that have come in from other deals where Verdugo has been traded, but you understand, none of the three guys that were originally dealt are still there, right? Oh, no, they've got one. Do they have one? Kind of wrong in that deal. Whatever. You understand my point. Um and then he's watched Xander Bogarts, one of his best friends, leave. He watched Chris Sale just get traded. And Vaughn Grissom might end up being a really good player for the Red Sox. Could end up being. But for a team that needs pitching, he's probably like, Jesus, really? Is this what we're doing? So I understand his frustration. And I get it. Um, can I read you a quote from Sam Kennedy this week? He said, I understand the, the, the Red Sox fan frustration with what's going on. But the best way to turn that frustration around is to go out and win baseball games and have the focus be on the team and our players versus what we're spending. Basically, hey, the dudes are the dudes out there. Go win some damn ball games. Don't blame the front office. This is it. Like That was some weird shit to me. Well, I, I think that what he's doing now will serve them well, like I said, at the trade deadline. If this group of guys, which, look, we know that baseball is – you, know, you you can't play baseball on paper. You got to go out there and play the games, right? If this group goes out there and somehow finds themselves in contention for a wild card berth around the trade deadline, these comments by Devers made in spring training are going to force the hand. They have to. Like they're going to look back and say, he asked for it at the beginning of the season. They rallied the troops. They're here. Now we got to give the guy some help. So look, it's it could be a pre- preemptive strike uh, for Devers right here. Uh, in any case, I, I just I just don't have a problem with it because, like I said, you know what, where you're at as a team going into the season. You might have that like optimism, but you really know where you stand. And and the Red Sox right now are they're at the bottom of the AL East, man. 
He's put his front office on notice, and yeah. he should, because this is a team that's finished last three of the last four years and has made the postseason just one time in the last five. All right, uh, a couple of moves around baseball. The Pirates extend Mitch Keller, five years, $77 million. Good for him. And the Marlins, whose hat I'm donning, they have a brand-new shortstop. It is Tim Anderson, one year for five mil. Which deal was a bigger eyebrow raiser for you? Ooh, eyebrow razor. I didn't take that question that way. I think I, I want to just talk about the one I'm, I guess, more excited about because it means uh, a direction of a franchise. Mm -hmm. I'll go with Mitch Keller and the Pirates. I think this signals that they believe like they're in the beginning of their window. I know they got off to a good start last year. Um, when you sign a guy like Mitch, who really you know turned the corner last year, some pitch mix stuff. He kind of eliminated some pitches. Uh, you know, turned his slider into two different pitches like an actual slider and a cutter like you make those adjustments he's become a guy that you can count on in your rotation you got skeins coming up you got you know different prospects on their way some guys that have already made their debut i can't wait to see o'neill cruz over a full year they're they're setting their sights on you know maybe the end of this year maybe 2025 they're they're starting their window and they know that starting pitching is one of the hardest things to acquire and to develop so when you got a guy that you developed and you can count on and you like the person uh, you lock them up and that signifies to the rest of the league and to the team and the whole organization that, Hey guys, it's, it's go time now because you don't make a move like this unless you plan on contending and being in the mix in the NL central. So I think that's why I'm excited about it. I like when the pirates are good. I don't know if it's just like, I like the uniforms or like the, how the city rallies around them. Or I just, maybe I imagine all those cutch years, you know, them having to battle through those bad wild card games. Like I want to see them good. And I think this marks like the start of what they perceive as, as a window. So I'm, I'm happy, man. I want all teams to like feel like they can do it. And for a long time, the Pirates just weren't that way. They're back now. Signing Mitch Keller, to me, puts a flag in the ground saying our window is about to start. So I like it. Yeah, it was great when the Pirates had that rebirth. Uh, when was it? 2013-ish right around there where Kutch was winning the MVP. Yeah, but then they had the one game wild cards. Yeah, I know. But at least to see them back in contention yeah. and see that stadium full when Johnny Cueto was there and dropped the ball on the mound. Yes. The whole, like yes. that was awesome to see because it had been two decades since we had seen it. So I agree with you. They've got to feel good about getting Keller signed, who's a guy who, if you had said that at the end of the 2022 season, he was going to get five years and 77 million, you would have been like, how through playing the lottery or something because there's no way he's going to get it on a baseball diamond so good for him good for him they've now extended him to brian hayes brian reynolds that's all good news o'neill cruz could be the next one you no know skeins is going to get a contract before he even steps right. on the field you know it that's just the way teams should. are operating now yeah he should and i think that so there's some exciting stuff but there's a reason i'm wearing the marlins hat and because i think that tim anderson is a fascinating story Okay. He was one of the worst statistical baseball players the game had last year. He was a negative two war guy. He was a sub 600 OPS guy. He couldn't field a baseball. I know there were some off field issues for him, right? Some personal things that he was, he was open about and who knows what effect it had. It had to have had something, but he was a good, damn good baseball player from 2019 through 2022. I know that we don't live in the world of batting average anymore. I know it's probably more important to baseball players than people. Oh, batting average is back, Chris. We're back. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, I'm still waiting on whether or not I feel that way or 
the general baseball public feels that way. But for four straight years, he hit over 300. He won a batting crown. He had an OPS consistently over 800. He was a very good, solid baseball player. And I didn't think there was any way he was going to be leaving Chicago, the South Side, before the age of 30. But here we are. He had to take a one-year deal, and he's going to be the guy because it was either him or Birdie at shortstop, and he Birdie's better in a utility role down there. And he's joining, we forget, he is joining a playoff team. Never before have the Marlins made the playoffs in consecutive years. Maybe he has a chance to rebound and show the world that he can still play at a really good level and help this team stay in wildcard contention. I hope that happens. Yeah, I mean, they've kind of been going, you know, in between shortstops for a while. I know this is only a one-year deal, but he's has done it at the big league level before. And like you mentioned, like a couple batting titles and all that good stuff. I, I'm excited to see it. I, I, I saw a um, a picture the other day, and it was, I believe, Nick Gordon, Luis Arise, um, Jazz Chisholm, one, two, three, their lockers all next to each other. That's a fun trio of people. Now you add Tim Anderson to that group. I guarantee like the young kids will be gravitating towards the Marlins. Like these are fun people to watch. Uh, you know, they have fun on the field and I, I hope it works out for them. I really do. Cause I, I think a lot of people do forget that the Marlins even made the playoffs last right. year, Chris. De- definitely. And it sucks that Sandy's not gonna be there, but you know, they still they have enough pitching still, even they without do. Sandy. They do. Uh, did you see Sixto Sanchez back on the mound the other day? Love that. Wow. He um he didn't miss many meals, it looked like. He's got Some, something you and him have uh in common. I, hey, I know. Well although you look great. You look great. Trying. Orange is I, actually a nice color on you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I know you I'm a Fred Durst thing going a little bit today. Oh yes, black we're shirt. Back with Fred Durst. Okay. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is starting his third season in the show. We cannot wait. Uh, he is a star, but he knows that he has got to get a little bit better in 2024. With respect to all of you guys and everybody that watched me, everybody that supports me, none of you guys would want to, me to be successful for this, team, like, for this team like I want to be successful for this team. I know people will get frustrated, but none, no, nobody's going to get as frustrated as I will be once I, once I kind of fail. You know, by, well, the only thing I can do is learn from it, Grow from it, work on it, and come back here, get better. That was freaking awesome. I love that. And by the way, can he become like the voice of John Boy Media? His voice is incredible. I was just going to say that. Like, the voice works. He's hot. Like, I got to, I need to put a new hot boy list out there. Julio will be near the top. I promise that. Yeah. I mean, I loved everything he said. I loved his delivery, his presentation. He commanded the room. Everything about it. Pretty confident, isn't he? Yeah, and he should be, by the way. He should be for many, many reasons. And it's not like his year was – he didn't have a bad year. He went 30-30 at an OPS of 818. Um, I would freaking kill for that. I know you would. But right with his level, I think he expects a lot, lot more. So my question is, in addition to a guy like J-Ron, which young guy do you want to see crank it up to another level he's been good but i feel like there's a lot more uh, i mean i think there's a bunch of them uh in the big leagues right now uh, specifically on one team mm. in particular but i'm gonna go with one guy i'm gonna go with ellie de la cruz man mm. like when he came up 
that's all the baseball world was talking about. Look at this guy. We've never seen a guy hit the ball so hard. Even when he was in the minor leagues, we were getting reports about this guy hits the ball so hard, you got to see it. Watch him throw the ball around the diamond. Watch him run the bases. It was like Ellie Mania. And the Reds were going off, and it was like, are we like, what happened here? How did this turn around so quickly? And then things started to take a little nosedive for the Reds and for Ellie in particular. I mean, there's so much more in the tank, I believe, but he's got to do it. You can't strike out 33.7% of the time in the big leagues. It ain't going to work, dude. So, like, he's got to cut down on strikeouts, you know, get bats a ball, put the ball in play. You're going to hit for power, bro. Like, you, you have strength. Like, get the barrel to the ball is all you need to do. Uh, so I'm looking forward to him, you know, taking a step forward. He's going to steal bags. He's going to, he's going to wow us on, on, you know, on seemingly what could be a nightly basis. Um, but it is the big leagues and you do have to perform at some point, like a 700 OPS. Or is that what he had last year? 710 yeah. OPS? Like not good, not good enough for you and the skill that you have. So I want to see him take a step forward. Once again, there's a reason I'm wearing a Marlins hat. Paging Jazz Chisholm. Like that. Yeah. Now, first of all, it's it starts with something that he probably can't control, and that is his health. Yes. Um, he just turned 26 at the beginning of this month. He missed over 100 games in 2022. He missed 65 last year. He still clubbed 19 homers, 761 OPS. But I need more. I need more out of him. He's already been the cover boy of a video game. He's got everything you want to be a star. He is the guy that kids, I really think, want to be. And if you're young and you want to play baseball, you want to play with the same swag, you want to look the way that Jazz does, head to toe, he is decked out. I just need more out of him. I want more consistent at-bats. You talked about swing and miss from Ellie. That's also been a big hole, literally, in Jazz's game. He's pretty close to getting to the money-making years now. He is right there. So if if you just want to be a decent player, that's fine. I need him to be a guy that plays 150 games, that is a spark plug of that offense, that is a leader in that clubhouse, or else they're still going to be searching for the next guy to be the dude that we pay. I like don't want to say what I'm about to say. Because I think it's going to come off the wrong way. But I'm going to try to do it so it doesn't. Okay. Jazz needs to do something, man. Like, he needs, like, for all the publicity and the press and, and the admiration that he gets, the numbers haven't backed it up, Chris. And I know he's been injured. I get that. But your only full season in the big leagues, where you played 124 games, you had a 728 OPS, a 95 OPS plus. You had a shortened season in 2022, you played 60 games. That was your only OPS over 761. Like the things that he's been able to do, like that MLB the show cover is a coveted thing amongst players. And if you go back and kind of look at who's been on there, there's been a few missteps. But the guys that have been on there, I mean, I think have really, really earned it, have done it on the baseball field. Now, Jazz has a lot of things intangibles, if you will. Like, first of all, great freaking name, dude. Like, and Everything about you, you, you know, we talk about the swag and, and the way you dress and, and the way the kids, you know, look at that. And that's important to baseball. It helps grow the game. And he's done that for sure. But you got to back it up on the field, too. So I agree with you. Like, I, I want Jazz to go out there and have a banger. I want to see Jazz go 30-30. Yeah. 
He could easily do it. Mm-hmm. But, like, he hasn't really – he hasn't really earned what he's gotten, I don't think. And I think that's a fair assessment. I don't mean to throw shade at him because I believe he has the potential. I, I, I just want to see it on the baseball field. I want to see at the end of the year a 30-30 for Jazz, and I think he could easily do that. Yeah, I equated a little bit to Baker Mayfield in the NFL world. Remember when Baker first came in the league and he got all the commercials? And mm-hmm. everybody was like, I mean, you might be good, but you, you haven't earned this shit. Like, that's reserved for guys who have done something in the league. And I would agree with you. I think, And I think that if you were to ask Jazz whether or not he has lived up to some of the things that he's gotten, he would probably say not, that he hasn't. And And injuries are a huge reason why. But the rest of it has got to fall in place. And I hope he stays healthy. And I hope at the end of the year we're talking about Hey, do you remember that day in spring training where we were talking about challenging Jazz and wanting to see more out of him? He's done it. That's great. One of the last guys I really challenged, like vocally challenged on a, a John Boy Media content piece, guess who it was? I don't know. It was two years ago. Three years ago, maybe. You're what? never going to guess. It was Austin Riley of the Braves. He was coming off oh. like a 750 OPS season. I'm like, dude, like oh. maybe they got to bring someone else in. And he's been – an MVP essentially since then. So, Hey Jess, I'm hoping that same thing happens to you, man. Hey, good for you. You should get a piece of that $200 million extension that uh, John Jay, let's go, man. (laughs) All right. Last thing before we get out of here, you know, jazz has had some interesting uh, hairdos over the years and hair colors, but nothing compared to Pete Crow Armstrong, the number one prospect of your Chicago Cubs thumbs up or a little too much. I don't care. I think it's fine. Uh, I mean, I know PCA uh, decently. He's if he was doing this and not working hard, I wouldn't like it. Um, I'm all about people expressing themselves. I mean, look at these stupid glasses I have on. You know, I, I, I'm I dig it. He's like an LA guy, a SoCal guy, a Valley boy. Like, of course, I'm going to defend this dude, but I, I I know that he's putting the work in. I, I again. I can't wait to see him debut – or not debut. I can't wait to see him get up this year and, and do the things that I think he can do. Uh, I have no problem with this. I'll say this. I know I know this for a fact. If he starts the year and still doesn't get that hit that he's still searching for within a week, that blue hair is gone and something else is going to be there because that's just how baseball players roll. But I don't have a problem with it. I wish it was more cubby blue, to be honest. Yeah. That's more like uh, Baja Blast Mountain Dew blue, which – Yeah, he's – he looks like the blue Gatorade. He's he's yeah, Riptide Rush or Glacier Freeze. So he should have matched the blue, and he should have gone full Cubs logo in the oh. back. Now that's what he should have done. I don't care. You do whatever you want. Doesn't he have red hair? The red hair matches the Cubs uni anyway, bro. Come on. Yeah, but it doesn't. Well, yeah, no, they don't wear like red sleeves though. That would have looked weird. Well, you know what's you know what's interesting is we'll be able to see if the. Uh, the carpet matches the drapes with these hey, new now. uniforms, right? Hey, like, you can hey, see right hey. through those pants. Hey. Some of the still shots yesterday, I don't know what Padre that was that was bending over. I mean, oh, my God. Did you see like, Casey Smith? The, like, literally his ball sack was right in the middle of the picture, I mean, man. These things, when, when we I, – I don't know how we got here, but whatever. When we first started talking about these uniforms, I was like, there's no way they're that bad. Like, it's just change. Guys are reluctant to change. And then more and more has come out. It was first about the jerseys. And now there's like, now the pants. And Nike and Fanatics are like, hey, like, 
you know, we're just we're, we're really uh, worrying about the performance aspect. We want it to feel like they're wearing nothing. I mean, why as well wear nothing? Right. With what you got going on there? Are you serious? Well, I talked to Merrill Kelly. He's um, he's the guest next week on the Rose Rotation about him. He said, well, I'm reserving judgment until we actually get like until I use them in game competition. He said, because I'm a huge sweater. I was like, oh, so you're going to have major swamp ass. It's bad. He said, he said, yeah, it could be it could be rough. I'll talk to I Gio think they're Gio supposed to like help like keep you cool so you don't sweat as much, but a, a single droplet of water on those pants and it's might as well just be nude. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a major problem. It's gonna be a major problem. Someone asked what happens, what's gonna happen if it starts raining. <laughs> Maybe they'll uh, increase viewership. You never know. You never know Maybe why it's the plan all along, baby. Watch. Sex sells. Yeah, that's what we should do. We should start wearing the uniforms on this show. So you could see through and Gosh. that way leave nothing to the imagination. Louis. Pete Crow, you got to die the pubes, bro. Come on, man. Did we, are we really <laughs> going there? Are we really? Maybe he doesn't have any, Chris. Oh, for God's sakes. That's just, by the way, I love how you played it off. Like, I don't know how we got here because you brought it up. Can I bring it up? You know, okay. you knew exactly how we got here because you drove straight into the detour sign. Is That's this show live? <laughs> hello, hello. All right, a um, little bit of a – we'll be back on Monday. I think Jolly's filling in for you that day. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then later in the week, I'm still working on my NFL scouting combine schedule. So I'll, I think what's going to happen is I'll miss Monday. You're going to miss the next day. I'll take over hosting duties, and it'll be Jolly or somebody but else. I might not be. I might not miss. I might have a chance to do it from Indianapolis. I'm serious. Okay. Hey, hey. Man, what? We want you, C. Rosie. I'm not trying to kick you off Shit. the show, bro. Come on. I mean, don't worry. I don't I don't have to run the 40 until Friday. Can you imagine me running the 40 out there? I can. Put those baseball pants on. <laughs> I'd have to run it backward, and then I'd beep when I run. It'd be great. Oh, my gosh. All right, listen. Everybody, enjoy your baseball this weekend. It is back. We're going to have it every freaking weekend in between now and the end of October, which is amazing. So happy about that. It's great. And we will break it down with Jolly Olive on Monday show. So for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented, nice shades, my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday here on Baseball Today.